I am so excited about uh, introducing Octavia to us today. Octavia, come on up today. Um, yeah. Octavia is going to be taking our final service on, um, on building family. And I ask Octavia because she is a professional, she is a psychotherapist, um, she has studied family, family dynamics, she has lived experience, and she is full of the Spirit of God. And, uh, and so it was really, really cool when we, were, when we were meeting, talking about this, just her experiences and her understanding of scripture was so apparent to me that I was like, I could not be more excited to, uh, to share the platform with her today and to let her um, take this because God is going to speak wonderfully through you today. So I pray that we will hear and listen to the words of God coming through Octavia's mouth today and, uh, and that we learn in great ways. God bless you, Octavia, as you speak. Thank you, Rob. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited and honored to share the last segment of our sermon series on building family. Throughout the series so far, we've learned about the importance of having honor, having crucial conversations, and passing it on through mentorship. So today, I'm going to be looking at choosing our family legacy. So let's start by reading our passage for today from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, to chapter 6, verse 4. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, this passage fascinates me because over the span of a few sentences, we're shown a family model that crosses three generations. There's the husband and wife leaving their family of origin in order to be united and create their own family legacy. There's the parents who are told not to exasperate their children, but instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord, so they're passing on that legacy. And then there's the children who are told to obey and honor their parents, so they're now taking that information and incorporating it in their life. I myself relate to the stage of getting married and leaving your family of origin. As some of you may know, I was recently married last fall, and as I was preparing for marriage, I started to begin reflecting more on the legacy that I wanted to bring forward into my marriage, especially starting with my childhood family. One core memory for me as a child was that I was extremely accident-prone and was known to drop or knock off over every dish in my vicinity. So I'm probably going to stay very far from the edge of the stage just to be safe. Uh, when I was a kid, it got so bad that eventually my mom would stop asking me to help with any dishes at all, and she'd ask my older sister to take over, which was a plus for me because I got to get out of a whole lot of chores. And now at my present age, I'd like to think that I'm a little more coordinated and uh, I hopefully am not as accident-prone. However, recently I found out that's not quite the case. I had my mom over, and I was helping, asking her to help me with cleaning up the dishes, 
And as she saw me picking up different things and putting it away, I saw like this face of alarm on. <laughs> and she's like, are you, are you sure you're okay to carry that? Can you handle that? And it immediately hit me like, ah, oh, subconsciously, maybe I haven't quite earned her trust to carry dishes and do things like that. And when I imagined myself as like a married woman, I thought, oh yeah, I can do anything. And yet this legacy of being accident prone and a klutz still following me forward. So I have a question for all of you. What is a family legacy that follows you that you didn't quite expect? Feel free to write in on Slack, and we'll come and look at that in a little bit. For each of us, our family legacies can look very different. There's so many family structures that can make up a family, and yet we all come from some form of heritage. For those of us raised with parents or guardians, legacy may have been passed on through sharing values and communicating messages that cross the generational gaps. Through these acts of passing on, we often develop our own lived experiences and build core beliefs about the world around us. Through our engagement with family legacy, we become this living link between the past, present, and future. And I think that's so cool because it's like we're time traveling through our thoughts, our feelings, and our mannerisms. So now I want to go back and look at some of the Slack comments that you wrote and see if there's any interesting legacies. I see one that says, I'm known to be impulsive. I think I've matured beyond that, but maybe not. I'm going to give some time to see if anyone else has some more to add. As a psychotherapist myself, I've worked with individuals, couples, and families who in one way or another spend time unpacking the impact of their family legacy on their present life. A key theme I often see are individuals struggling with tension within their families as they experience the growing pains of maturing and transitioning in life. For some people, this begins in the teenager phase when they're starting to distance themselves from family and form their own identity. For others, it's determining your own parenting style when you become parents. So I'm curious as well, adding to the questions, what are some of the differences you've noticed between your family of origin as you've gone through different life transitions? So what's something that's different about you from your family of origin? I already see some answers coming in. Some people saying, I'm considered fairly independent from the rest of my family, uh, not being that involved in the community, becoming a mother, didn't really believe that would happen. Someone said, I married up, so now my house is clean. <laughs> As we transition through life stages from childhood to adulthood and start developing more differences, we do something that clinically is called differentiation of self. So one definition derived from family system theory explains the concept in detail, stating, differentiation of self refers to the manner in which a person is able to separate thoughts and feelings respond to anxiety, and cope with the variables of life while pursuing personal goals. So an individual with a high level of differentiation may be better able to maintain individuality while still maintaining emotional contact with the group. So, so the ideal here is that we're developing in our differences while we're still engaged in connection with each other. As we age, we may notice that our individuality may lead to differences within our family, 
that motivates us to make our own unique decisions. We start to form our own opinions, we build our own values, and we might have relationships that don't always align with our, our family of origin. So I'm gonna pause for a moment and let that definition sink in a little bit and check back in with our Slack comments. I see one comment that says, I'm trying to be more open about my faith and affection. My family is often closed off and not sentimental. My partner's family is the exact opposite, so I'm trying to change my family legacy to a family that openly shares real faith experiences, as well as talks about our love and pride in each other. I think that's a really important one, because it's hard to start something when you haven't seen that model in the same way. And it's a beautiful thing when you get to combine and build your family with someone else, and you're learning how to challenge each other and grow in that way and start creating that new legacy. See another one that says, definitely more affectionate than my parents. I love that because through simply showing more affection, you're providing a whole new insight to your children in what family can look like. Another one says, my family has a spiritual legacy of ministry. I did not really understand this until my wife and I became Christians at age 30. On my mom's side, we have several ministers. We're walking as ministers of the gospel and pass this on to our daughter. All right, so jumping back in, I want to remind you again of the definition of differentiation. So a key aspect. An individual with a high level of differentiation may be better able to maintain individuality while still maintaining emotional contact with the group. So healthy differentiation strives to balance those two parts. Finding a healthy balance between individuality and emotional connection can be really difficult. This struggle becomes even more difficult when we start to have conflict with our family. And this happens sometimes when we're trying to either assert our individuality or we're trying to uphold a certain expectation of what emotional connection looks like. An example of this could be when a young adult decides to move out of their family home in order to forge their own independence, and their parents may be wanting to stay involved in their child's life, so they're expecting, like, you have to call every single day, come back every weekend for dinner. Suddenly, there's this conflict between the boundaries that you're setting. How we engage with each other to navigate the conflict influences our family legacy going forward into the next generation. There's a quote that I recently read in an article that said it best. If we don't intentionally pass on a legacy consistent with our beliefs and values, our culture will pass it along its own. I'm going to say that again. If we don't intentionally pass on a legacy consistent with our beliefs and values, our culture will pass along its own. So if our culture becomes our default, then we should assess what messaging is being communicated within our society. If we look at schools where children are being taught, there's rules and regulations to protect our children's individuality at all costs, oftentimes even at the expense of family relationships. In social media, when there's any mention of conflict within families, people are very quick to say it's a toxic relationship. And so if we turn to society for answers, the common response to toxic relationships is leave, cut those people off. Choosing to rely on popular human culture to define our legacy may help us support our individuality, but we don't learn how to maintain emotional connection with our family. 
That is not healthy differentiation of self. As Christians, we're called to be countercultural, and we are supposed to correct the narratives of our present society, making ourselves obedient to God. The Bible states in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if we test our Bible passage against the definition of differentiation, let's see if it's approved by God's example of family legacy. So I'll read again Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, to chapter 6, verse 4. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. If we apply this definition of differentiation of self to the verse, we see a modeling of these two parts. Starting with maintaining individuality, we can see this exemplified through the act of leaving and cleaving in marriage. We eventually leave our parents and are transitioning into a different phase of life. If we look at maintaining emotional contact with the group, we see scripture exemplifies an intentional approach to keeping emotional connection through honoring each other. It shows the children being called to honor their parents through obedience in the Lord. As well, the parents are honoring their children by not exasperating them and instructing them. In scripture, God informs this natural transition of children leaving the family and informs the need to honor each other. Leaving and honoring can coexist in our countercultural understanding. And yet, in real life application, there's a tension that exists when we try to put this into action. As a recovering people pleaser, I'll let you in on a few lessons that I've learned the hard way. You can't please everyone. Not everyone we're called to honor will act with honor towards us. Not all acts of leaving are ideal. Sometimes we leave because we've been dishonored or it's necessary for us to set some boundaries. However, if you choose to follow the legacy of the world and return disrespect with dishonor, or if you stop fighting to support emotional connection with our family, then we're in rebellion to what God has called us to do. In contrast, if we're serious about obeying and following Jesus, then we're committed to honoring our families through the difficulty. Honoring our family is something we do, not necessarily something we feel. I'm going to say that again. Honoring family is something we do, not necessarily something we feel. In order to maintain honor, we're responsible for fighting for that connection. That doesn't mean we always succeed in having that connection, but we uphold our part in protecting the connection and keeping those doors open. So I want to let that sink in, and I'm going to check back in with Slack. See if anyone has some thoughts on that. See, someone wrote, counterculture walks a fine line between grace and bigotry. 
interested about that. Someone asked for a definition, walking in the opposite direction of cultural norms for the sake of morality. Another one says, the personality, upbringing, and life experience of our parents can make it easy or difficult for us to forge our own identity. And of course, our own personalities affect this. So it is a diverse mix of things that do build up who we are. And it can be very tough, especially when you're seeing that conflict come up. I see someone wrote, my family legacy is stay together no matter what. And I like that. That's a clear commitment that I'm willing to fight through any of the difficulty. Another person said, our family legacy is that we can talk about any subject openly and fully. I love that because it gives you that safe space where even if you're unsure of where you're going or what you're doing, you're starting to question things, you know you can turn to your family and be able to discuss it. So, so far I've been discussing things in abstract terms. Let's break this down with some concrete examples of what a healthy family legacy of differentiation and honoring could look like. For parents, your style of parenting should be changing to allow for healthy differentiation in your child. You can adapt your techniques to the situation and maturity of who you're dealing with. This progress may look like changing the time of curfews, increasing responsibility, allowing your kids to put away dishes for a starter in my case. For those still in the child role, honoring emotional connectivity might look like affirming the good that your parents have done, even as you're disagreeing with the bad. It could be setting healthy boundaries with grace and still asking for advice, even when you don't need it. An example of a healthy family connection evolves over time. Parents progress from dictating to children, to then collaborating with teenagers, to conversing with their young adults. To expand on that, for parents, when children are young, you're dictating instructions and counsel. For the young children, the emotional connection is held by the parents caring for them and nurturing them. This is a time when obedience and individuality is much more rigid. If you're allowing your child to do whatever they want, then you're not honoring them with the instruction and training in the Lord. Comparatively, when your children are in their teens, you're collaborating together more. That means the teens are exploring increased individuality, and their parents may be learning to manage their expectations of appropriate emotional connection based on the context. When your children mature into young adults, you're no longer expecting obedience. Instead, you're conversing about the mutual expectations that you have. This is a time when emotional connection may not be as convenient, and individuality can be most prominent. Connection can be built through learning a new way to relate to each other. So let's check back in Slack and see if there's any more thoughts and comments. I have someone that has an interesting thought. I don't think you can pass on legacy. You can only offer something potentially of value. Those that come after you can pick up on it or not. And that's the interesting thing about legacy is it's both something that you play a part in, but it also deals with someone else's choice. You can lay as much of a groundwork as you want, doesn't mean it's going to continue after you. But you have, again, that responsibility of what am I going to fight for, what am I going to bring forward?
I have someone that has some gratitude. I thank God for the large, close family I grew up in. I'm committed to passing on this blessing. And I love that because not everything is about creating your own thing or like rewriting the whole story of family. You can also have a family that has many different values that you want to pass on and bring forward. Okay, I see another one. We give our teenagers more freedom of choice of what they do with their life and relaxed rules. But there's still expectations of contributing to the household. I like that, a great balance. For those of us that are still living in the tension and discomfort of finding the balance, you're not alone. There's many things we cannot control. And despite our best efforts, we still may not get the ideal emotional connection we seek. What we can control is how we respond as a foundation of our family legacy. We can continuously aim to choose a legacy of honor and connection in contrast to a world full of division and disconnect. So I'm going to end with a scripture from Joshua 24, verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates are the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us into your family, Lord. Thank you for giving us your word that we're able to test what is true and to find guidance as we're building and modeling our families, Lord. I ask that you come close to us. You watch over and protect our families. I ask that you reach your healing hand, Lord, and be able to bring a new form of bonding and connection and honor, Lord. May you heal the pain that may be passed on through our families. May you allow us to be the ones that break any cycle of hurt, fear, and division, Lord. And may you strengthen us to be able to fight the fight for connection. In your holy name, amen.